Hey everybody, Sarah here, and I'm dropping in to give a brief content warning for this week's episode. So, if you listen to our podcast around small children, or if you happen to be a small child, I would advise against listening to this episode for it contains some more than usual violent content. Other than that, let's get back to our usual broadcasting. Hello. Hello. So, uh, fun fact, we actually did record a... Hi, this is why we've been gone for so long. We're so sorry. And did we ever edit it and no. like release it? No. <laughs> no. So hello. Hi. We're not dead. <laughs> Physically. Maybe. It has been a month. <laughs> it has been several months, actually. <laughs> Well, I mean, December in particular was a lot, and so we had to take a little bit of a break, what with me being in the musical and having practice all the time, and Sarah having finals, and I bought a house. Uh, My computer died. Yes. During finals, during the last week of finals, and then I had to redo all of my essays. Sounds great, and I don't envy you. Awful. So, anyways, um, we're Happy really New sorry. Year. <gasps> Happy 2020. Oh my gosh, our vision is impeccable. I keep telling people that I want to get LASIK this year. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> just for this year, not because you actually want it, right? Just so you can say you got 2020 vision in the year of 2020. Porcano loves dose. Oh, parkwa. <laughs> No, um, I mean, I'm blind, so it doesn't, oh, me too. doesn't hurt to get that fixed. But yes, mostly for the for the joke. Fair. Always. I mean, always for the joke. This is Answer Choice E, all of the above. Welcome if you're new. Mm-hmm. Welcome if you're not new. Mm-hmm. Welcome back, I should say. Welcome back. We are sitting in my home. You know that I have been talking so much about trying to get a house. Mm-hmm. We did it. Well, you did it. I did nothing. I showed up. Yes, we are in my guest room. It's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm very excited. I am too, for you. Yes. Yeah. And there are no trains in the background of this recording. <gasps> there are no trains. On either of our ends. I'm so happy. And our audio quality is probably so much better since we're in the same room. Yeah. It's great. So we're going to try and crank out as many as possible while uh, we are together. Yes. Because who knows when that will be again. Until the summer when mm-hmm. I plan to go to Boston. Exactly. So we're doing our best. Um, Best to impress. Yes. Without further ado, I believe, however many eons ago it was that our last thing that we drew was Alaska. 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 I'll ask you a question. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) Have you ever been to Alaska? No! (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) My family has. Both of my parents on different occasions. My mom twice. Me... My cousin has. None. Yeah. But no, uh, I watched a lot of like the ice road truckers and stuff like that with my dad. Mm -hmm. 
That so, sounds entertaining. That's all I know about Alaska. I'm so sorry. I know that the capital is Juno. Mm-hmm. Like the movie. Mm-hmm. With Michael Sarah. Oh, that's my name. Well, Michael? Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we already have enough Michaels, remember? Yeah, Curse no. those Michaels. All of the Michaels. Um, unless you're listening to this podcast. We and love you. are pretty good, Michael. I have a lot of friends named Michael. I know. This is, this is the trivia part. We do the trivia. Sarah starts with a trivia. Go trivia. Uh, let me get the trivia. Okay, mine, are, mine is kind of wordy today. Okay, well, um, I'll do my best to listen. I mean, I'll do my best to read it. <gasps> yes. <laughs> Even though I wrote it. My first question is, what is the short story, The Most Dangerous Game by Richard Connell from 1924 about? I hate you. <laughs> because you literally earlier asked, did you ever read this story? Yeah, I and I was like, this. no. <laughs> well, you're going to, you're a good guesser. Question one, answer choice A is... A man who finds an ancient relic takes it and later has to follow the demands of that relic in order to stop it from destroying his life. So that's the first plot scenario that this could be. Okay. The second plot scenario uh, from answer choice B is a couple gets trapped inside a living game, causing them to have to play the game in order to escape. However, if the players inside the game cheat, in any way or fail to play their part, the game would dispose of the player. Ooh, this is some real sword art online kind of stuff. What's that? Oh, Lord. You are a baby anime friend. I have only watched your anime. I know. I know. <laughs> the one that you forced me to sit in, you enjoy in a it. room and watch it against my will at the beginning. So, answer choice C is... A man trying to win over the heart of his dearly beloved. Answer choice D. A man traps victims in his island and hunts them like prey. The prey lasts for three days, but if the prey were to elude him, he would allow them to live, but only if they could survive those three days. I've seen that Criminal Minds episode. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) And then answer choice E, none of the above. What was the name of the book again? Um, The Most Dangerous Game by Richard Connell. I think it's the hunting people one. Because I've heard of like... There are multiple hunting people. Like the last one that I said I saw, the Criminal Minds one. Oh, okay. Because I've heard when people say like hunting the biggest game or the greatest game, they're talking about hunting people. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Told you you're a good guesser. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Okay, trivia one. What is the world's largest island? A, New Guinea. B, Greenland. C, Madagascar. D, Java. Or E, Cuba. Isn't it Greenland? It is Greenland. Yeah. Yeah. You actually knew that, though. Yeah, I I did. Yeah, I did know that. Okay, well, one for one. Okay, are you ready for... (laughs) You're not ready for... I'm ready. Okay, um... (laughs) Finish the Nicolas Cage quote from Face Off, 1997. Is this why we were listening to National Treasure earlier? No, it had nothing to do with that. Okay. Well, I've never seen Face Off, so... No, I mean, me neither. I've seen, like, 
the special effects TV show face off. <laughs> I, I love that one. No, I mean I've seen clips from this movie, but uh, bees is that one? <laughs> I think so. <gasps> I don't know actually. I know that's a quote from him, but I don't have any idea what movie. I Anyways, mean, maybe we'll get corrected. So the quote is. I could eat a blank for hours. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so he is referencing food. Um, so the first answer choice is French fry. Me. The second is apple. The third is grape. The fourth is peach. And the fifth is cauliflower. Okay, I could eat blank. I could eat a blank for hours. So I could eat a... A single blank? I could eat a artichoke for hours. Like one artichoke? Yeah, one. I could eat a grapefruit. (laughs) I could eat... I just see what feels right. I could eat a french fry for hours, maybe. I could eat a grape for hours, maybe. I could eat cauliflower for hours. What were the other ones? Peach and apple. I just want to go with peach. I have no reason. Yeah, you're right. I'm right. <laughs> I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Don't look at me like that. I'm not looking at you in any sort of way. <laughs> I feel like you were cheating. I could see your eyes over my shoulder. You were sitting behind me. No, I wasn't. Yeah, you were. When? When I was writing these. Or this one. Well, I didn't see it. I swear. I, I knew just... that you... Actually, no. I feel like you're a Nicolas Cage connoisseur. And you just... <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> you just were searching for hours. I am not. That's like but what puts you to bed. I only chose the Peach because of butts. Mm-hmm. That's it. I just thought it sounded funny. <laughs> Also, I wouldn't be able to eat a single grape for hours. I mean, I thought that was funny. I think it's funny, too. (laughs) I feel like he would say something like that. (laughs) But not from a movie. No, like just just him as a person. (laughs) He would be like, yes, I could eat a single grape for hours. I could eat a pea for hours. (laughs) Trivia 2. What mythical creature is said to make someone become a cannibal? I read that as cannonball. (laughs) Yes. A, a Lindworm. B, a brownie. C, a gin. D, a pomola. Or E, a windigo. Where'd that wind go, though? Your pun did not amuse me. Well, it's that one. You think it's a windigo? Mm-hmm. You're right. <laughs> a Lindworm. Lindworm. Is... Either a legendary dragon-like creature or a serpent monster. And I wanted to give a little shout-out to my friend, my Austrian friend, Ingo. Because we had, like, a full conversation. Ingo, the dingo? No. (laughs) We had a full conversation about Lindvams at one point. And he said that the, like, town that he lives in is near this mountain that has, like, a hole in it. And they say, like... They say that mountains that have this kind of growth, like, that looks like a hole in it, are made by Lindvams or something. There's a growth? It's a No, growth? it's, like, the way that the mountain grew looks oh, like there's a hole through it. I don't know why, but I instantly just thought that there was 
like a freckle growing no <laughs> or and, a mole no and i'm sure if i like actually looked back on our because i did not i did not look back on our conversation which i probably should have because i'm probably saying everything wrong no you're right but um no that that's i mean i don't know about the hole no yeah that's what i'm talking about he was saying oh i found it because i asked him if he knew what a tots of them was and he was talking about how tosophones are small in comparison to the limbum, mm-hmm. and that's way more popular. So yeah, we had a full conversation about that, and I thought it was really cool. Anyways. That's awesome. A brownie is a household spirit from British folklore that is said to come out at night while the owners of the house are asleep, and they perform various chores and farming tasks. And the first time I ever heard of one of those was in the Spiderwick Chronicles. They also take your stuff and mm-hmm. hide them. They're not the they nicest. Need. A gin is a genie. They're horrible, too. A pomola, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, is a legendary bird spirit that appears in Abenaki mythology. This spirit causes cold weather. I included this because pomola is said to be the god of thunder hey. and the protector of the mountain. Yeah. And listen, the Penobscot, Penobscot people... Describe him as having the head of a moose, the body of a man, the wings and feet of an eagle. And that imagery just made me include it. <laughs> I and want to see this creature. <laughs> same. That's what I was laughing at earlier when I was like, <gasps> Papa Thunder. And last but not least, a Wendigo is a mythological man-eating creature or evil spirit from the folklore of the First Nations Algonquin tribes based in the northern for- forests of Nova Scotia. Uh, the east o- the east coast of Canada, and the Great Lakes region of Canada. The Wendigo's influence is said to invoke acts of murder, insatiable greed, cannibalism, and the cultural taboos against such behaviors. So, that's what I got. I like it. Yay, yay, yay. I like the Lindworm. Me sure. too. I just like learning. I've learned so many things about, like, Austrian or German culture from Ingo. He told me some really kind of scary stuff that happens. Not like scary, scary, but to me as an American and like not used to it kind of scary. Very German sounding practices they do over Christmas. Mm. And I'm like... Which ones? I love them. We were talking about the difference between the Krampus and mm. a perched. Mm-hmm. And how it's common for like young men... To dress up like the perch, which is like a Krampus. And they jump out and they beat people with sticks in the middle of the road. And, like, you can hear them. There's bells and, like... Mm-hmm. They also have massive parades. That Yeah, that's yeah, what he had told me about. Up as them. And, and I was just... like, no thank you. Yeah. I much more um, appreciate the Welsh tradition mm-hmm. for Christmas yeah. with the horse head. And you have to rap battle him for your beer. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Maybe I'll cover that one day because it makes yes. me really happy. That would be awesome. Okay. Well, that's that's what I got for the trivia. Okay, okay. So I'm sure I'll put or you'll put or someone will put in the warning at the beginning of this 
Ooh, that's great. Yeah, that notorious warning that I made all those years ago, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Last year. I can Ooh, guess what you might have it drawn. It was last year. Oh my god, it was last decade. Oh my gosh! We're Anyways. gonna be those people. Uh, sorry, not sorry. Um, I just feel like you need to be reminded. But uh, this is a content warning if you are triggered by some... Uh, words or phraseology, I don't know, or phrases or different things like that involving sexual assault or different things like that. Maybe skip my story. I would not be offended. And we'll try to remember to put in the show notes um, when my story starts in case they want to skip. So you can skip my story and make it to Jess's story. Uh, That would be, I would do that. Do whatever is safe for you. Yes. But if you are interested in gross little devils wanting to listen to the story, I have a story for you. Whoa. Whoa. I drew true crime, obviously. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I drew true crime, and I chose the story of Robert Hansen or the Butcher Baker. Oof. That is not... Mm, not what I wanted to hear. I mean, you'll find out. It really has nothing to do with baking. Luckily. <laughs> Wait, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. Does he make candles? He does not make candles. Okay. Hands of glory. Just saying. But anyways, so this is about Robert Hansen. Hansen was born in Esterville, Iowa. On February 15th, 1939. That's my stepdad's birthday. Not 1939, but... He would be like... He's not nearly that old. 80-something. So, hi, Brett. Did you say Brett? Brent. (laughs) Sounded like you said, hi, Brett. (laughs) No. because you're stuffy. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, Brent or Brett, whoever you may be. So, he was born to his parents, Edna and Christian Hansen. So, Christian Hansen was a Danish immigrant who was baker by trade. He also <laughs> wasn't a very nice guy, sadly. Danishes. Also, every time you say Hansen, I'm like, mm, bop. <laughs> <laughs> no. I know, we should It's also not a boy band from the Let's 80s. Let's not laugh at this. He was a bad person. He was, yeah. He was not the greatest. So, um, when Robert Hansen was a child, he was described as a scrawny and extremely timid kid. Mm. He was afflicted with a stammer who, that was actually really bad. Mm. Uh, and he also suffered from severe, from a severe case of acne that left him permanently scarred. Oh, I can relate. I get that. Um... Later on in years, he would recall his face feeling like one big pimple. But same, though. I get that. Like, when I was younger, mm, still to this day. Like, I still get acne, but not nearly as bad as I used to. Same, thankfully. I look like a pizza. Yeah. Mm. So, he further described being shunned by attractive girls in school due to his acne, leaving him full of hatred towards him. Oh, no. And leaving him full of fantasies of cruel revenge. Okay, though, that's a bad excuse. Yeah, Um, I mean, I got bullied growing up. Same. And you don't see me doing horrid things. Okay, tell me, because I I do not know this story. So, 
Um, during these adolescent years, Hansen began to pick up both hunting and archery, which was where he tended to find refuge from his hatred towards girls. <laughs> Why did I sound like uh, um, Despicable Me? Groot. Groot. <laughs> Not Groot. 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 <laughs> Not Groot. Girls. <laughs> Listen here, girls. Anyways. Uh, from his hatred towards girls and distant... Um, distance from his difficult relationship with his father, who was extremely overbearing and extremely aggressive towards his son. In 1957, Hansen enlisted in the U.S. Army Reserve and only served one year before being discharged. Mm. Soon after, he worked as an assistant drill instructor at a police academy in Pocahontas, Iowa. Hmm. While in Pocahontas, Hansen began a relationship with a young woman who he later married during the summer of 1960. On December 7th in 1960, he was arrested for burning down the Pocahontas County Board of Education school bus garage. And he worked for, like, the police? He was a drill instructor. Well, for a little bit. And he committed arson? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Go off, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, um, you'll see that you didn't make the greatest decisions. (laughs) I can assume. So during this time, his wife filed for divorce, which had them married for less than half a year, basically. Wow. Yeah. Also, she wasn't named. I could not find her name. Hmm. Well, I bet she didn't want to be part of his story. Yeah. Over the next several years, Hansen was jailed several times due to petty theft crimes. In 1963, Hansen married his second wife and moved to Anchorage, Alaska in 1967. With his second wife, he would become a father of two children. During this brief period, he also received his pilot's license and purchased a small plane for his hunting expeditions. While he was living in Anchorage, um, all of his neighbors reportedly liked him, and he was famed as a local hunting champion, and even broke several records documented in the Pope and Young Book of World Hunting Records. However, these were vacated after Hansen's conviction later on in life, because he didn't deserve those records that he broke. Right. I'm still trying to figure out This is where my brain got stuck. Right. My brain got stuck on he purchased a plane for hunting. Yeah. So in Alaska, there aren't a lot of roads that lead out, you know. So he's not shooting from the plane while he's driving it. No. I would assume not. That's why my brain got stuck for a second. No. He would land. So in Alaska, they have a lot of water floating Yes. Little skippers. Mm Mm-hmm. So he purchased one of those so then he could go and land on the, all of the rivers gotcha. and lakes that... I promise I'm not stupid. No, no, no. It's <laughs> just whenever you live in Texas and waters few and far between, you know, it's hard to think of those little skipper yeah. planes. <laughs> you know? like, he purchased a plane to hunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> an, uh, a commercial airline carrier. Right. <laughs> One of the big ones. I was confused. (laughs) Mm. 
1972, he was arrested with charges of abduction and attempted rape of a housewife who managed to escape his clutches as well as rape of a sex worker. Mm. In 1977, he was imprisoned after stealing a chainsaw, which was an added offense that he admitted to while he was getting... While he was in the process of these charges brought to, on So to they him. just added a charge on Right. He stole a chainsaw? Yeah. He was sentenced to five years of prison time, but the verdict was overturned on appeal due to the Alaska Supreme Court regarding his sentence as too harsh. Too harsh for attempted rape of two people and abduction and, like, stealing? Uh, yeah. Um, the, oh. that's how at least I understood it because this was in 1972, so maybe he was just charged with these things. Right. And then in 1977, that was just an added thing that mm-hmm. was added to his record, which yeah. would get him the prison time. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Because, mm. you know, I'm not necessarily, uh, an too expert. knowledgeable in it. I'm not an expert of Alaskan, uh, you know, offenses and crime and whatever. I get you. So, while in prison, he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, which was called at the time manic depression, which are two different things. Um, and also, manic depression is not used anymore, really. It's bipolar. With periodic schizophrenic episodes. And was prescribed lithium in order to control his mood swings. However, he was never actually ordered to take the medication and was later released from prison after serving one year. Once mm-hmm. released, he opened a bakery following his father's footsteps. And this added to him being just known as the neighborhood baker that everybody loved. Mm. So, the psychiatrist who made the diagnosis noted that Hansen had an infantile personality and was obsessed with taking revenge against people he felt had wronged him. Uh, I don't like that. And in 1971, Robert Hansen would receive the notorious title, The Butcher Baker, due to the level and destruction of his crimes to come. Because he was known as the family baker, but... He also had a really dark side that all of his friendly neighbors would come to find out here soon. So some background on Alaska in the 1970s. The Trans-Alaska Pipeline System was built during 1975 and 1977. But during the entire decade, the pipeline brought lots of people looking for work. However, it wasn't just construction men and construction workers looking for jobs it was also many people in between because we were starting to get you know work out in alaska that would go beyond the permafrost it would go beyond all of that because the ground was too hard to Mm -hmm. put in this pipeline which worked with um different fuel types that are located up there like fossil fuels Mm -hmm. So the construction of the 800-mile oil pipeline in the 1970s brought sex workers, pimps, con artists, and drug dealers to Alaska's largest city 
aiming to separate construction workers from some of the big money they were pulling in. Many who looked for quick riches left as abruptly as they arrived in Anchorage, making sudden disappearances a commonplace. Because people would get there and realize, oh my gosh, Alaska, what is here? Right. <laughs> Where are the people? There's nothing. <laughs> Whoa. How do you survive? Mm -hmm. Because it's basically frozen majority of the year. Hansen would later admit to the beginning of his abducting, raping, and killing of women between the years of 1973 till 1983. Mm. He claimed to have murdered 17 women and raped another 30, which survived. Oh my goodness. He would prey on women working as sex workers and, in quotations, exotic dancers abducting them by airplane and would take them out into the wilderness which surrounded the city of Anchorage. Here they would be forced to play Hansen's sick games and fantasies. I don't like that. Here's a quote from Hansen himself. Quote, if they came across with what I wanted, he explained, we'd come back to town. I'd tell them if they made any trouble for me, I had connections and would have them put in jail for being prostitutes. End quote. Resistance or demands for payment of sex resulted in an assorted victims being murdered, sometimes with the ghoulish touch of Hansen stripping them and stalking them like animals, making the kill with a hunting knife or his favorite big game rifle. Mm. End it wasn't until 1980 when construction workers unearthed a woman's remains near Eklutna Road that the alert of a killer at large came into the police's vision. The woman was found to have been stabbed to death in 1979. However, she was never identified, leaving her with the name Eglutna Annie, given by the police assigned to work the case. Wait, have they never... No. They Did never this? figure that out? Mm -mm. Oof. So, later that year, in 1980, the corpse of Joanna Messina was found in a gravel pit near Seward, which led to the assembly of a special task force to probe the case and related killings. The corpse of Sherry Morrow, who had been deceased for 10 months, was found by hunters in a shallow grave beside, beside the Nick River. So are they finding them like very quickly one after another, but they've been there a while? I mean, not really a while. Because his killings basically happened in the span of 10 years. So I think once they found one, they just started, they started probing and looking for more. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. It was in 1983 when Henson decided to change his tactics and started bringing his victims back to his own house, calling it his summer project. I hate that. Yeah. That's bad. That Ugh. is bad. That's not the kind of project that you usually like, do in the summer. Like, my chest hurts. Like, yeah. I'm shuddering inside. Yeah. Usually, summer projects relate to repainting your house or building a deck or, like, anything but this. <laughs> Maybe even, I don't know, AP reading summer project. Beowulf. Be <laughs> 1983. Ooh! 1984. Oh, that's the next year. Oof. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. But instead, he started this project. And he started his project by shipping his family off on a European vacation. 
and began running ads in the local singles newspaper seeking women to, quote, join me in finding what's around the next bend, over the next hill. So he would send his family off being like, bye, honey, have fun Well, for this summer project, yeah, he did do that. But I don't under... I understand that he lived in the town Pocahontas, but that does not mean that he deserves to go using her, you know, song about what's around the riverbend for his gross tactics. Mm. Even though he did not use it from I'm being sarcastic. I get that, but but still. Yeah, no. You're trying to add a little bit of humor in this dark story. Yeah, I know. Don't go touching Pocahontas and her, you know, TM for her. You're gross, sir. Anyways. I just can't believe that he was just like, bye, honey, have a good time. And then he's yeah, having his summer project. Yeah. It was gross. He's nasty. He nasty. Anyways. <sighs> so because, though, he changed his tactics, the tides turned against Hansen. And on June 13th, 1983, when 17-year-old Cindy Paulson escaped from Hansen en route to his airplane hangar with still a pair of handcuffs attached mm. to one of her wrists. Ooh. And she was found on the side of the road by a trucker. I just got a chill. Yeah. My, like, chest hurts. <laughs> yes. It's pretty chilling, and it's not just because it's Alaska. Ha. So, at the beginning of the investigation of her case, Henson denied the accusations brought up against him, leaving him to not initially be considered as a serious suspect by the police because you know he was the local neighborhood baker duh you can't do bad things he makes yummies he makes bread my my like core hurts yeah like normally these stories don't hurt me like this i'm sorry it's okay or i'm just having a heart attack who knows Um, no that's not how it feels it's fine okay good so detective glenn floth (laughs) what i think that's his name detective glenn floth floth f-l-o-t-h-e floth floth no i like floth floth it's like mike tyson saying floth (laughs) (laughs) yeah love you mikey michael Um, mike michael (laughs) it's another michael michael tyson That's an oof right there. Um, So, Detective Glenn Floth, for the third time, of the Alaska State Troopers Police contacted the Federal Bureau of Investigation and requested, not required, (laughs) he requested help after a body was found, and Roy Hazelwood was brought in to assist the investigation. Okay, though, if there was a good thing about this whole situation, the names... They're pretty good names. Are pretty good. Pretty good names. Hazelwood. Floth. I mean. <laughs> so Hazelwood theorized that the killer would be an experienced hunter with low self low self-esteem and would have had some history of being rejected by women and would feel a compulsion to keep souvenirs of the victim, such as jewelry or even body parts. A, I wanna know how he knows. Well, because I want to know how you know that I, this guy has a low self-esteem and if I were to meet you, would you just automatically 
know of my lack of self-esteem. Have you ever watched Mindhunter? A little bit, but not really. Well, it it kind of explains the origins of the profiling and stuff. Right. I mean, I would That's assume how that. That's profiling. Like, okay. Basically. But still, it's it's like a crazy study. I, it's concerning. <laughs> I don't want people to know my deepest, darkest secrets. That's not okay. Just by looking at me. I don't think it's just by looking at you. I think it's by your actions. Yeah, I know, but still. That would be them looking at me. They have to, like, look at me and watch me in order to know what my actions were. I suppose. So, um, Floth and the police secured a warrant and searched Hansen's house on October 27th in 1983 due to suspicions. Um, and, uh, that's where they uncovered the jewelry that would have belonged to the victims. Mm. There were also newspaper clippings about the murders and an array of firearms, including a 223 caliber mini 14 rifle. Hansen was arrested and charged with assault, kidnapping, multiple weapon, weapons offenses, theft, and insurance fraud. The last charge was related to his filing a to his filing a claim with the insurance company over alleged theft of some trophies with the funds being used to purchase the Super Cub. Uh, But he forgot to tell the insurance people that these um, trophies were stolen. So... Fun. It was was fraud. It was fake. Okay. Once the ballistic tests returned indicating a match between the bullets found at the crime scene and Hansen's rifle, he entered a plea deal and confessed to a series of four homicides the police already knew about and provided details for other victims in return for serving his time in federal prison along with no publicity in the press of his case. Right. Um, he showed investigators 17 grave sites in the Nick River Valley, 12 of which were unknown to the police. 11 remains of a probable of 21 victims were exhumed by the police and returned to their families. Hansen was sentenced to 461 years of prison. That's good. I don't think he's going to be getting out anytime soon. Well... Or would have gone out yeah. anytime soon. I'm assuming he's not with us anymore. Yeah. So during the time of his confessions, the state troopers working on his case took him out on a plane ride over the areas of the wilderness where he committed most of his crimes. While on the flying tour, this is where he pointed out several graves and they recovered 11 of the bodies, as I said earlier, in the next eight months after this flyover. So several victims remained anonymous. Their names were unknown, even to Hansen, but others were identified as Roxy's Land, Lisa Futrell, Andrea Altieri, Angela Fetter, Teresa Watson, and Dellen Frey, all reported missing from Anchorage, from the Anchorage area during Hansen's reign of terror. And this was a quote from Murderpedia. Murderpedia.org. So on February 18th, 1984, Robert Hansen pled guilty on four accounts of first degree murder of another list of people, but it scarcely mattered 
because of all those years that he was going to be in prison. <laughs> he was first in prison in the U.S. Penitentiary in Lewisburg, in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. In 1988, he was returned to Alaska and was briefly incarcerated at Lemon Creek Correctional Center in Juneau. He was last located in the Spring Creek Correctional Center in Seward until May 2014 when he was transported to Anchorage Correctional Complex for health reasons. Hansen died on August 21st, 2014 at age 75 at, this ho- at the Alaska Regional Hospital in Anchorage due to undisclosed lingering health conditions. Mm. The Hansen case served as an inspiration for the action thriller Naked Fear in 2007, starring Danielle DeLuca as a dancer stalked by a maniacal hunter in the uninhabited regions of New Mexico. Mm. The Hunting for Bambi video series picks supposedly real hunts of women similar to the Hansen's activities. An episode of the Discovery Channel TV series, The FBI Files, depicted a murderous rampage entitled Hunter's Game. And lastly, Robert Hansen was the subject of a 2013 film, The Frozen Ground, which starred Nicolas Cage as an Alaska state trooper investigating the slayings. Actor John Cusack portrayed Mr. Hansen, and Vanessa Hudgens played a sex worker and victim who survived. Hmm. And that is the story of the Baker Butcher. The Baker Butcher. I was hoping that you were going to end with me, but you didn't, so. Well, I'm sorry. The Baker Butcher. That's the end of the Baker Butcher. The Butcher Baker. I didn't like that story. I I liked your presentation, but this one hurt me. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of horrible. Because, like, I have, like I said earlier, you know, when I was like, I've seen that Criminal Minds episode. Yeah. Like, I have seen stuff based on something like that because I don't think he's the only one to do things like that. And that's just horrific. Yeah. So. Oof. Okay. Mm. Shake it off. Shake it off. Oof. My turn. <laughs> My turn. We're going to try to... Get that feeling off. Mine's not like the most happy fun times, but it's not <laughs> that. <laughs> it's not what you just did. Yeah, no, what I just did was kind of horrendous in every form and fashion. But I appreciate knowing about the butcher baker, the candlestick butcher baker. maker. All right, so, 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 I drew psychology. Yes. Yes. Um, Oh, I really should have looked up how to pronounce these words. Okay, so I'm going to cover a psychological syndrome disorder. I've seen it called both a syndrome or a disorder. Mm-hmm. Pibloctoc. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm going to say it. Pibloctoc or Pibloctoc, which is it's pronounced P, or it's spelled <laughs> P-I-B-L-O-K-T-O-Q. Q. 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 It's a fancy G. I'm going to actually, I'm going to look it up right now so we can, so we can hear how, how it's pronounced. All right, here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. Piblocto. Piblocto? Piblocto. Piblocto. 
Because some people, some people put a Q at the end, some people don't. Mm-hmm. Piblocto. Okay, that's how we're going to say it. Piblocto. That's what we're going to talk about today. It was first documented in 1892. That, that's a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Luckily, I do know the English term for this word. <laughs> and it is Arctic hysteria. Yes. Do you know what Piblocto is? Have you heard of it before? A blocked toe? No. Mm. <laughs> that would be interesting though no uh it's derived from a term that means quote is mad has hysteria or fever same end quote piblocto is classified as a culture bound syndrome have you heard mm. of that before i have heard of that before okay but tell tell me just in case i forgot okay a culture-bound syndrome is a collection of signs and symptoms that is restricted to a limited number of cultures by reason of certain psychosocial features. Hmm. There are a lot of questions being debated regarding culture-bound syndromes, and a fundamental question um, central to the debate asks if culture-bound syndromes are limited to specific societies or culture areas, who defines the criteria for mental illness? Ooh. So there's a lot of debate on whether or not culture bound syndromes are a thing or not. Right, okay. Because it makes the lines a little blurry. Mm-hmm. A few other disorders or syndromes that are considered culture bound that I thought were interesting and were things that I kind of wanted to cover at a later date include ghost sickness. Yes. Saka. Mm. And the fear of the Wendigo. So Saka, like in ang you know like no the last avatar no no not not the boomerang boy <laughs> it's different in the culture it's described as a curse and a demonic possession whoa That's it's from african nations and in okay. kenya it's referred to as saka it is an anxiety state attributed to the effects of magical potions given to them by rejected lovers or spirit or demonic possession those are two very different yes. things. <laughs> so that's why I thought that one was kind of interesting. But no, it's not Boomerang Boy. That's sad. Anyways, so let's get into what the Piblocto mm-hmm. is. Many of the people who choose to live in Arctic regions know about a lot of the physical and mental health issues that they're at risk of having by living in one of the world's most extreme environments. Mm-hmm. You would know that moving to a place like that. The issues... Include vitamin deficiencies, frostbite, hypothermia, depression, and seasonal affective disorder, also known as SAD. Yes. That's what I was laughing at earlier. Because <laughs> seasonal affective disorder is just known as SAD in mm. all caps. It's the big SAD. It's the big SAD. It's the big SAD. So, oh my gosh. That's sad. It is. So, unknown to many, however, is the rare and extreme disorder known as Arctic hysteria. Arctic hysteria is said to cause brief periods of erratic, sometimes disturbing behavior. The disorder is even recognized by the American Psychiatric Association. Like, it's in their manual. It's in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, which is the handbook that is really commonly used by U.S. mental health professionals in summarizing Various issues among the patients. It's my favorite book. Really? One of them. 
So an entry in the DSM, it's, it was actually in the, if I remember correctly, the DSM-4-TR, which was written in 2000. I have the DSM-5. Really? The newest one from 2013? Yeah. Hmm. I didn't bring it with me. I wish you had it. I needed it. Well, it's hard to get access to. You just buy it. I know, but no. Oh. I meant online. Yeah, no, because it's the newest one. Yes. So this is the entry into the one that came out in 2000. And it is a quote. So there is some non-PC words. I'm sorry. An abrupt disassociative episode accompanied by extreme excitement of up to 30 minutes duration and frequently followed by convulsive seizures and a coma lasting for up to 12 hours. This is observed primarily in Arctic and subarctic Eskimo communities Although regional variations in the name exist, the individual may be withdrawn or mildly irritable for a period of hours or days before the attack and will report complete amnesia for the attack. During the attack, the individual may tear off his or her clothing, break furniture, shout obscenities, eat feces, flee from protective shelters, or perform other irrational or dangerous acts. Oof. So that was a lot. That, yes. So I did try to find the most current entry of Piblocto because the entry that I just read was from 2000, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have access to the newest one. I'm sorry. So the closest that I found was a syndrome peculiar to Inuit culture involving episodes of uncontrolled irrational activity. So I was pleased to see that they used Inuit culture instead of... What they used in the other one. Yeah, because that's an oofa doofa. Yes. Although there is no known cause, Western scientists have attributed the disorder to the lack of sun, the extreme cold, and the desolate stage of most villages in the region. There was something else that I had read, and I don't know if I put it in here or not. I might have. If so, whatever. <laughs> um, that a lot of people also thought that this could be caused by the amount of animal organs that they eat that's like liver and stuff like that because those are high in vitamin a content and that can be a poison if you have too much of it but we don't know much about vitamin a right i'm not sure yeah but i just i honestly don't know i don't know either i just know that that's what some people had speculated that is a cause Mm -hmm. of this because of where they are regionally and Mm -hmm. what they eat they think it could be because they had too much vitamin A. That's cool, though. Mm-hmm. Not cool in the sense of haha, but like it's interesting. It's an interesting theory. Right. So, Inuit tradition states that it is caused by this is what they say causes mm-hmm. this uh, is caused by evil spirits possessing the living. <laughs> Shamanism and animism are dominant themes in Inuit traditional beliefs, with the Anagut. The healer mm-hmm. acting as a mediator with the supernatural forces. They use trance like states to communicate with spirits and carry out faith healing. There is a few among the Inuit that individuals entering trance states should be treated with respect, giving the possibility of a new revelation emerging as a result. Treatment in Piblocto cases usually involve allowing the episode to run its course without interference. So, what they do is they just let it be. Mm-hmm. They'll come out of it soon enough. 
But this case can be confused with other conditions, including epilepsy. And so if you don't intervene, it can lead to the victim coming to harm and it can lead to death. Yeah. So I had found an article that started me on my journey to researching this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it posed the question on whether or not Alaskans should be worried about succumbing to the Pipitop. Mm-hmm. In the article, it states that a lot of the reports of this disorder came from contact era accounts of European and American explorers mm-hmm. who interacted with the native populations of Greenland. So it wasn't from the people in Alaska or the Inuit people from Canada. It was, they they were talking to green people from Greenland. Um, there's a historian. His name is Lyle Dick. He is a skeptic of the validity of Arctic hysteria, and he's looked at a number of these reports and documents. A lot of them in his book called uh, Muskox Land, Ellesmere Island in the Age of Contact. In the book, there's a couple of counts that really stood out. One of them is about a, na- a man named Harry Whitney, and he was a big game hunter. Look, tie in. Look at that. Look at that. Uh, he also wasn't a great guy. I'll get to that. Cool. Uh, so Harry Whitney, he was a big game hunter, and he stayed in an igloo with, of two women whose husbands had gone out to hunt for an exter- extended period of time. And this is an excerpt of the book that was drawn from Whitney's record of the observation. Quote, The two women cried for the return of their partners. They were very short of food, having been obliged to kill three of their dogs that day to eat. Oh my gosh, addition, no. Yeah. No, that's not okay. <sighs> I know, I'm sorry. An additional cause for worry. Later that night, Whitney was awakened by Torngy's scream. He wrote that she was shouting at the top of her voice, shrill and startling, like one who had gone mad. Oh, there's something that I haven't said. I don't know why I didn't put it in here. Mm -hmm. But apparently, this disorder, this piblocto, is very common and most common in Inuit women. Oh. So, it's a a woman thing. Oh, of course. Yes. Of course. Mm -hmm. It's... mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Hear my sarcasm, please. Hysteria. <sighs> Arctic hysteria. Of course. Yep. So, uh, several reports originate with the American explorer Robert E. Peary. Oh, this is the guy that's not good. Not the other guy. Okay. Whoops. Sorry. Scratch that. Several reports originate with the American explorer Robert E. Peary, who documented these cases of so-called Arctic hysteria during expeditions around the turn of the 20th century. The accounts of Piblacto all generate from the populations of a Greenlandic people, um, frequently enlisted into crews during expeditions attempting to reach the North Pole in the early 1900s. Peary, Perry, Peary, this guy, mm-hmm. Robert E. Peary. I'm going to say it's Peary, reported a particularly intense case of Arctic hysteria among several of his crew while in a snowed-in igloo they had constructed during infernal snowstorms on a 1900 expedition. A physician accompanying the expedition, Dr. T.S. Diedrich, also reported observing the onset of Piblocto. I didn't know how to fit this in eloquently, but I felt like it needed to be included that Perry was not a great dude. Like, there was no place for me to, like, gently put this in here. Yeah. Um, 
he would send the men off to hunt and be like, hey, go get us food. And then he and his men would seek the benefits of being the only men present with the women. If Ew. you get what I mean. Nasty. Yeah. There was... This adds nothing to my story, but I needed to call him out because I didn't think I could tell this story without adding that. No, that's fair. Because it was a fact that I found and I didn't like it. So the historian that had written this book, Wild Dick, um, he looked at 40 cases of Piblocto in his book and he offered a number of explanations for the origins of Arctic hysteria. There were certain aspects of these cases that seemed to coincide with certain seasonal or environmental precursors. So more than one quarter of the cases occurred during the month of October. Hmm. And the majority occurred in the high Arctic on approach to the North Pole. He notes that the fading light during the autumn months could contribute to the increase of the reported cases of the Arctic hysteria. Just as in the same way that the cases of depression and SAD, SAD, spike during the winter months. Because, you know, it's like seasonal depression. Mm-hmm. Many of these cases also took place during extended periods away from home, which might have contributed to mental instability, especially in such an extreme environment. There were also several reasons to doubt the validity of, the validity of such accounts, including the fact that they were being made by Western explorers observing a culture mostly unknown to them, which may have biased their recordings because they didn't know. You know, like, I say yes, (laughs) but that is a big yes. Uh, From an article written in 2003 about the subject, it says that the word Piblocto does not even exist in Arctic Inuit language. Yeah. So I couldn't find a set thing that was like, this is where this come from. Like, Mm -hmm. I found something that said it was derived from it, but I don't know. Another theory is that since this cases were only since these cases were only recorded in a small population of Greenlandic Inuit, the observers were simply recording a cultural phenomenon possibly associated with religious or shamanistic rituals unknown to the explorers, which is a viable possibility, you know. Then there's the dearth of cases of Arctic hysteria over the last century or so, giving the increase in recording and observation of populations in the high north, both indigenous and otherwise. One would think, so so one would think that with us expanding that way and having more contact, that we would hear more about Arctic hysteria Mm -hmm. if we're having more contact with them. But that has not been the case. Mm Mm-hmm. Arctic hysteria certainly shares symptoms of other problems associated with the far north. In particular, shedding clothing. Oh, here it is. Shedding clothing and irrational thinking and behavior can be associated with the advanced stages of hypothermia. And then another researcher suggests that it was the excess of vitamin A, which is common nutrient in the liver of polar animals like the walrus or the polar bear. So that's one theory. Mm-hmm. And, um,. I did see that I I don't think that Piblocto was in the newest manual. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's in there. I don't think so either. So, what whether that says anything or not, I don't think it's in there anymore. But in my research, I did find an article that equated Arctic fever 
with the Inuit version of sleep paralysis. Ooh. And it, it was a whole study done. In this article, which I do have linked in the description, mm-hmm. um, is a very detailed description from a 30-year-old Inuit woman who presented herself for help at the counseling office of the Anchorage Community College. A lot of these references, the latest reference is 1971. Oof. So, one can assume this isn't very uh, current. Yeah. Let's just say that. This woman was originally from a village in northwestern Alaska, and she had come to live in Anchorage with her husband and their children. She said she had first experienced her trouble before the age of 11, but she had not gone to the doctors in the Alaska Native Health Service until she was 18. Hmm. She provided the following description of an attack. Quote, Just before going to sleep and waking up, I get paralyzed. Sometimes it starts with a buzzing. Sometimes I can almost see something and it scares me. My grandparents told me it was a soul trying to take possession of me and to fight it. After the buzzing sound, I can't move. Sometimes I really start feeling like I'm not in my body anymore. Like I'm outside of my body and trying to get back. Mm. If I don't get back now, I never will. Mm. I get really panicky. It takes me a long time to move sometimes, like forever. I feel like if I don't get back into my body that I'm going to die. That's the first thing I think of. I finally wake up and move and my heart is just pounding and I'm all shaken up and frightened. She then continued with a description of her visit to the Alaska Native Health Service, which isn't great. I told doctors the native name for this and that a lot of natives have this and there was no impression except for funny looks by the doctors. Ew, rude. Yeah. Don't look at me funny. (laughs) I'm coming here for your expertise. Right. And so she goes on to tell of her experience and how she felt akin, she felt akin to an animal in the way all of the different doctors treated her. In in the way that she says all of it, she's like, Dr. B, Dr. J, Dr. blah, 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 Mm -hmm. did this, did this, did this, did this. And like, it's mind boggling. I hate that. She says that some doctors were saying, oh, you're getting addicted to the drugs that we're giving to you. And other doctors just didn't believe her. And it just hurt my heart a little bit. So, to continue her story, quote, I feel my muscles are so tense. My muscles twitch. My eyes don't feel clear. I don't know what to do if I'm addicted. I don't trust the doctors if I'm an addict, but then who can I trust? I feel depressed and scared like I don't know what to do. And the doctor said, you know that you're getting addicted. When I get up, I'm so tense that I can hardly move. My husband rubs me and gives me a hot bath. I feel like I'm going to explode. I had sleep attacks last week over and over. I feel funny, like shaking outside, uncoordinated. I'm waiting for someone to show. In class, I look to see when someone comes in the door. I don't like to be alone because I might kill myself. My kids would be better off if I were dead. Um, no. Yeah. That's wrong. And B, ma'am, there's nothing wrong with you. Well, she's having all of these things and and people are not validating her. That's basically it. I mean, that would drive anyone insane. Yeah. Like, it... (laughs) But that doesn't mean you should. No, absolutely not. Yeah. But she, there's something it's hard wrong to with feel you. so alone. What I mean by saying there's nothing wrong with you is that you're not crazy. What, yeah. Like, if you're going through something like that, 
it's not that you're crazy. It's that the doctors that you are going to see have a stigma behind what's going on with you mm-hmm. and that you're not crazy. Because I think what they prescribed her was Valium. Ugh. And like they weren't, it didn't seem like they were actually helping. Yeah, well. And like I said, this story is pretty outdated, but still. Yeah. Um. So after the initial interview with this woman, they decided to conduct uh, cross-cultural interviews so they could see the commonality amongst others of the same culture. Mm-hmm. So they, I guess they started listening. Yeah. Or outside people did. Right. They found multiple accounts that seemed to be connected with this mm-hmm. woman's. Um, so there's a belief that when people are entering sleep, sleeping, or emerging from sleep, they are more susceptible to influences from the spirit world. Right. One of the informants felt that if an individual did not believe in the spirit world, he would be challenged. Hmm. A spirit would come to you and make you realize that there were spirits. That's what one of the Inuit people said. Interesting. Another wrote, after hearing a tape recording of the initial interview, quote, this sleeping thing can happen to anyone. If he or she knows that the certain place is haunted or if there's a spirit of someone in the certain place. I didn't know about this room till I told one of the workers about my sleeping paralysis. Previous to that year, there was someone who died that used to stay in the room and even used to stay in that bed. Ew. Yes. End quote. In the sleep cycle, the soul is believed to be more vulnerable to influences from spirits and more likely to leave the body. As indicated by the patient mentioned, she felt that during an attack she was not in her body and she felt like she was fighting to get back in. Paralysis relates to the body which has been left by its soul, and so it is without the quality essential for life. There was clear implication that if the state of paralysis continued, it it would result in death. And this is their beliefs. Right. Other people explained that sleep paralysis syndrome as a it was a possession state in which a spirit enters the body of a susceptible person. The paralysis is related to the fact that the sufferer is, quote, controlled by the spirit and thus cannot initiate movements of his own. Hmm. So I thought it was interesting to look into their view of the hysteria and the effects of the syndrome. For sure. And last last thing I want to say is that, so Piblocto is... What we've seen is it's not limited to indigenous people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were reports of stranded sailors during the 1800s who exhibited the same symptoms. Huh. This disorder is said to have existed before Western contact and it can still occur today. Oh, and so yeah. it's not as culturally based as some might say because mm-hmm. we have seen it in other places. Right. But that's it. That's all I got for you. I thought it was interesting. That's really weird, but really cool. Yeah. So that's Piblocto. Arctic hysteria. Bum, 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 bum. That's all I got. That's it. Well, thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Well, after we've basically destroyed your trust in any system <laughs> and um, over I'm sorry. people, period. The end of the year is so hard. Just wait till summer, guys. Summer's going to be great. Heck yeah, man. Summer's going to be like 
awesome. We're going to get so many episodes out. It'll be great. I promise. Um, but until then, our next episode, what is our theme? Telephones? Sure. That's a good one, right? Yeah. So our next topic will be telephones. Cellular or regular audible mobile devices. Immobile um, telephone. That's a lot. You, you could cover a lot with telephone. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to do that. It'll be great. We need to rock, paper, and scissors because we actually have Usur. We have Usur. Usur is back. We have him. Usur's back, back, back. In case you don't know, if if you're new, Usur is Sarah's really old globe that is in half, and it has the USSR on it. Mm -hmm. And we use it to draw what we're going to do next time. So let's rock, paper, scissors. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors. Victory for the South. All right. Let's see. Okay. Are you happy with yours? Yes beautiful let me write right down because you know that i will forget well while she is writing her stuff down like always you can follow us if you would like for some reason um on social media at aceota podcast you can follow us on uh instagram and twitter at aceota and that is A-C-E-A-O-T-A. You could also email us all of your personal stories at aceotapodcast at gmail.com. That is A-C-E-A-O-T-A podcast at gmail.com. And we want all of your stories, especially paranormal, true crime, but we will take anything because we love you guys. Just tell us hi. And we love to hear all of your stories. Also rate and like and share our podcast on uh, apple podcast and uh, review and rate us and give us a noise also in the bottom we got our promo pics back and yeah. we're working on a new logo so just keep your eyes out for it we're gonna try to get better at that one last thing because i really have to say it because i'm legally obliged my 11 year old brother asked for a shout out hi 11 year old brother hey jake Jacob, you, you're pretty cool, I guess. Hi, Robbie. See, I did say your name. <gasps> Whoa. <gasps> Whoa. All right, that's it. Um, thanks for joining us. Uh, we will see you as soon as we possibly can. We promise. We're going to try to shoot to do the week after this one. Yes. Okay, so. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. There goes the baker with his tray like always. <laughs> The same old bread and rolls to sell. Maddie, the baguettes. Hurry up. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, pause. Malone, pause. Malone, pause. Malone. Leave me. Bye. Malone. Oh, I want Malone. Honeydew, cantaloupe. (laughs) <laughs> I got a watermelon instead. <laughs> Ooh, I honked. <laughs> that was not cute. You're a goose. Aww. A cute goose. Make the boy moose go honk. <laughs> 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 Thank you. <laughs> Anthony J and I tried to spell it.
H W. No, 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 no. Oh. It's French. We oh, have decided. God. It's like Q U. It has an X at the end. Yeah. Beautiful. Make all the boy moves go. <laughs> Sitting over here texting, not even freaking caring. No, that's not it. I'm really sorry. I just accidentally left them on red for an entire hour and I feel bad. 11 11 make a wish. <laughs> <laughs>